Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, the podcast. I'm Nick Cole, and this is episode 18. And I'm Single White Medusa. So happy to be here today after our long break. (laughs) And there was a reason for that long break. Yes, there was. We recorded a couple of episodes, and Substack did not record them. And they were good episodes. They're probably the best we ever did. (laughs) And now you'll never hear them. But we're hoping that this is going to record and work just fine. And it seems to be from the dials and indicators on the big board that we're looking at right now. All systems are go. Launch, launch, launch. Um, (laughs) What we're going to do, because that material over the last two days was actually quite gold. We're going to, we're going to bring that back later this week and talk about that because this is this is freedom week for me we're just enjoying ourselves and drinking coffee today we're drinking a nice turkish latte from keen coffee in newport beach and we feel like that material from uh those lost podcasts although pretty timely is evergreen enough that yeah. it can wait another day or two and we have some kind of more we have some breaking news we, think we have really some breaking news to get that's always the sign of the the low grade low speed internet uh news journalist breaking news um <laughs> but we do have something an article that nicole came upon that uh, excuse me single white medusa we're gonna have to start using code names because i think the forces of evil are out to get us <laughs> um i'm not ready to commit to what some people call me yet but What's that? uh some people call me Chaos Actual because I'm a little chaotic. I like that one. Um, That's a good but one. it's actually it was actually the title of a a, a tag of a a general in Iraq and Afghanistan. But I'm pretty sure I have him beat hands down on, wow. on being Chaos Actual. Yeah. So um, people can go with that. I should probably start doing that because the things that I'm saying are are inflammatory. But for right now, I'll just own up and be me. Yeah. But you can be single white Medusa. So what article are we talking about today? So we are talking about an article from, I know we've mentioned this site before because it has recently become one of my most favorite sites for just interesting news that's very well researched by like doctors and scientists and real journalists and like, you know, really legit stuff, totally footnoted, everything like that. They usually source their material even a lot of times from liberal sites where like New York Times articles and Forbes articles and things like that where naysayers there's really nothing they can say because it's like what this is from the New York Times they can't even say nay yeah (laughs) or this is from the World Economic Forum's own site you know whatever it is sites that you know things that we think are bad you know they they just use their information that they put out there and kind of bring it to light so in in, anyways um you know their articles are usually health related, especially lately about vaccines and COVID and stuff like that and kind of cover ups going on there. And then also they really focus a lot on, um, what do you call it? Like the great reset and that whole kind of, um, I don't know, the attempts to kind of change our whole, uh, worldwide society that that are kind of going on. Um, so this this is going to be a deep dive and um, Nicole is going to read the article, so we hope you're down for that. We're giving you extra content today. But you say that you enjoy the sound of her voice, so now you're really going to get Medusa Mondays on crack on because Tuesday. it's Tuesday. <laughs> and I'm going to make some sort of side-of-the-mouth smart aleck comments as we go along. Yeah. And, and give you some insights and in my, my fractured take on the world. It's a rather long article. The yeah. very beginning... Probably most of us already know. But I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it, yeah, and it makes a really good case. The middle, I think, gets a little very 
detailed, I guess you would say. And then the end like is really good. So if anything, I don't know, get to the end because <laughs> yeah. it, it does all end up being You don't really have to good, listen to really it all at once. What you could do is you can opt in and out and everything like that. You know, like just mark your time and then come back and pick it up. But I, I do think what we're starting to see are the connections. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk about that as we go through it. But that was always, you know, as a writer, it's a big thing for me. Like people don't do things just, you know, like when you have a character do something in a book, it's just not rando. And it rarely is rando in life. You know, there are no coincidences. As Einstein said, God doesn't play dice with the universe. There are usually bigger plots. And, you know, I actually had, you know, a long conversation with a friend this weekend. And, you know, he was like, there is no grand conspiracy. And I had another person come to me and say, there is no they. And yet, and, and I and I just listen to people and I go, well, okay, let's test and see. Mm -hmm. And I keep seeing they, and I keep seeing a grand conspiracy. Mm -hmm. I see some organization. And then I think what we're going to see today um, and this is going to be really relevant when we go back and dive in on that Paul Revere um, data analysis thing. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a moment here for a little data analysis warfare that could provide some really big insights into who the players are and what's going on. Because I think what we've been told up till now is that a lot of like like the Epstein stuff is like Epstein was just a big old pervert. And he had, <laughs> you know, he had a little cult going on and that's all it was, guys. Nothing to see here. Mm -hmm. uh, let's let's read this article and see what we think about that statement, because that was initially how Epstein was sold. So now let's see what we think. All right. So the title of it is The Truth About Bill Gates, Microsoft, and Jeffrey Epstein. Do you want me to read the bullet points? Yeah, let's start with the bullet points. Story at a glance. Uh, bullet point. While mainstream media outlets apparently agree that Jeffrey Epstein was a likely factor in the Gates' recently announced split, what these same outlets refuse to cover is the real extent of the Bill Gates-Jeffrey Epstein relationship. Next bullet point. The mainstream narrative holds that Gates' ties to Epstein began in 2011, despite the evidence pointing to their relationship beginning decades earlier. Bullet point. The likely reason for the continued cover-up of the true extent of Epstein's ties to Gates has much more to do with Gates's company, company Microsoft than with Bill Gates himself. And it's interesting. I specifically remember as the Gates information came out that it was very downplayed. Well, I knew him once. Yes. And then it was, uh, well, you know, uh, uh, Melinda Gates had concerns and so they couldn't be best Purvo buddies. And really it was just that I, I thought he might help me get a Nobel prize yeah. and he was going to fund yeah, he, some of my charitable yeah, stuff. Yeah. He was going to, it wasn't really anything. It wasn't anything. Okay. Yeah. Well, this article says it might be a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, next bullet point, the lack of mainstream media concern over the documented ties of the Epstein network to other top Microsoft executives of the past. This is Nathan Mirvold. Linda Stone and Steven Sanofsky makes it clear that while it may be open season on the relationship between Bill Gates and Epstein, such is not the case for Microsoft and Epstein. Next bullet point, the ties of Epstein and the Maxwells to Silicon Valley, not just to Microsoft, are part of a broader attempt to cover up the strong intelligence component of the origin of Silicon Valley's most powerful companies. Bullet point, final bullet point. 
The biggest reason why the military intelligence origins and links to the current Silicon Valley oligarchy will never be honestly examined is that those very entities are working to usher in the fourth industrial revolution, which would make artificial intelligence, automation, mass electronic surveillance, and transhumanism central to human society. Interesting. And, and those are all the things that we're being told uh, the reason for the Great Reset, the manufactured shortages, uh, the crises, everything to get power and power. And then we kind of dig down and we go, oh, there really wasn't a fuel shortage. You guys just, hackers just turned it off. And oh, COVID wasn't uh, stacked bodies in the street like we were told. That was kind of manufactured. Not saying these things aren't serious and legitimate, but did they warrant the amount of power that was grabbed? They really overhyped them, obviously. Okay, <clears throat> so then the article starts... In early May, the announcement that Bill and Melinda Gates would be divorcing after 27 years of marriage shocked both those that praise and those that loathe the philanthropic, philanthropic power couple. Less than a year after the initial announcement of the divorce, May 7th, the Daily Beast reported that Melinda Gates had allegedly been deeply troubled by Bill Gates' relationship with ch child sex trafficker and intelligence asset Jeffrey Epstein. The report suggested that Melinda was a major reason for her husband's decision to distance himself from Epstein around 2014 because of her discomfort with Epstein after they both met him in 2013. That previously unreported meeting had taken place at Epstein's mansion on New York's Upper East Side. So now this is a big point right here. Um, this is definitely part of the, um, we were sold a week ago that Bill um, and Melinda, there were even these memes like hats off to Melinda's lawyers and things like that. You know, they really had them on the ropes. They were outing all this dirty stuff. But really, is it all about the fact that they're trying to cover up the extent of the relationship, which you're going to get into now? And again, they're putting up this firewall. It was Melinda. Well, if that's the case, then that would tell you that both parties are complicit in this deception. And that it's not really a divorce, that it could be an asset reorganization, which people have theorized that it is. Same thing with Bezos. And then you look at the things that they're doing, and they're absolutely getting out of the market right now. They're moving to a cash position. They've been buying a lot of real estate, things like that. There is some sort of a pending, impending collapse there. And you see that, they're, that they are both, both Melinda and Bill, both their sides. We were told that there were sides and it was becoming acrimonious. But here they are throwing up this firewall to say that, that it was Melinda who had problems with Epstein. You're going to find out in the article that that's actually a lie. It goes on to say, the Daily Beast also revealed that the details of the Gates divorce had been decided several weeks prior to the official announcement. Then May 9th, the Wall Street Journal published a report suggesting that the plans for divorce went back even further, with Melinda having consulted divorce lawyers in 2019. Allegedly, that consultation was made after details of Bill Gates' relationship with Jeffrey Epstein had gained considerable mainstream media attention, including from the New York Times. While mainstream media outlets apparently agree that Jeffrey Epstein was a likely factor in the Gates' recently announced split, what these same outlets refuse to cover is the real extent of the Bill Gates-Jeffrey Epstein relationship. Indeed, the mainstream narrative holds that Gates 
ties to Epstein began in 2011, despite the evidence pointing to their relationship beginning decades earlier. This blanket refusal to honestly report on the Gates-Epstein ties is likely due to Gates's outsized role in current events, both in terms of global health policy as it relates to COVID-19 and in his being a major promoter and funder of controversial technocratic, quote, solutions to a slew of societal problems. What is more likely, however, is that the nature of the relationship between Gates and Epstein before 2011 is even more scandalous than what transpired later, and it may have major implications not just for Gates, but for Microsoft as a company and for some of its former top executives. This particular cover-up is part of an obvious tendency of mainstream media to ignore the clear influence that both Epstein and members of the Maxwell family wielded and arguably continue to wield in Silicon Valley. Indeed, the individuals who founded tech giants such as Google, LinkedIn, Facebook, Microsoft, Tesla, and Amazon all have connections with Jeffrey Epstein, some closer than others. So what, remember, like there was even a documentary put out about Epstein and they even got, you know, the world's greatest writer, James Patterson, to give a comment because that guy's not a giant major whore <laughs> for Trade Pub. And in this documentary, they made it clear that Epstein was some kind of cult leader. He's a big old pervert acting by himself who had a bunch of money. No one knew where it came from. Might have come from the Victoria's Secret Foundation, you know, but it certainly didn't come from American or Israeli intelligence. Um, and that Ghislaine, Ghislaine was his procurer. Her, they, they sold her sort of this weird, deviant, sexual freak who would just do anything for him. And it even kind of manufactured it in the documentary that she just loved him so much and she was under his web of influence and everything like that. They don't tell you anything more about what we're about to learn now is that Ghislaine's whole entire family is involved in intelligence mm -hmm. and is involved with all the major tech companies. So that was, so here's a big thing that I would say to people. Documentaries are fun, they're sweet and salty. They go together great and you feel like you're learning something. But please do start to consider that the documentaries you're watching are nothing but utter propaganda. Mm -hmm. You're better off going back and watching The Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. <laughs> Have a good no. time. But if you think you're going to learn anything, I think that the left has learned how to master propaganda through documentaries, especially for the millennials. They feel that it's a fun, digestible, interesting sort of murder show way to be completely sold an entire load of pucky. That's for you, mom, since I didn't say bullshit. <laughs> you just said. Okay. Okay. Um, this investigation is adapted from this woman's upcoming book. And that is Whitney Webb, who's the author of the article. Um, and that book is entitled One Nation Under Blackmail, which will be released early next year and will include a more complete investigation into Epstein's ties to Silicon Valley scientific academia and intelligence agencies. Next heading is the Evening Standard Mystery. In 2001, perhaps the most important article ever written about Jeffrey Epstein was published. The article, which focused mainly on Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein's relationship with Prince Andrew, was published January 22, 2001 in London's Evening Standard. The article, written by Nigel Rosser, was never retracted and was published well before Epstein's first arrest and the onset of his public notoriety. It has nevertheless since been removed from the Evening Standard's website and can now only be 
found on professional newspaper databases. Okay. Now, my scientist friend who's a data scientist, uh, him and I were talking about it. Remember I talked about that in a couple of podcasts ago. And I was saying, why is data so important? And he says, because it allows you to determine the truth for the rest of the world. You can instantly rewrite history. Here, we have an exact example of that. They deleted it from the internet. So you can't find it. And like, I, I, I it, was an, it was a stunning moment when I would, I realized when I would get into these discussions with sort of hardcore, just low info SJW people who supposedly liked my books and they would Google the easiest article. And then you'd be like, yeah, but that's not the truth. And then you'd go back and you'd try to find the truth and it would be deleted. Mm -hmm. So this is a prime example of that. This is a very, this is a stunning uh, connect the dots article on Epstein in 2001 before we got rolling on the internet, which really doesn't happen until 2007, 2009. Um, and they, they memory hold it, but, but she says, I made a PDF of that article and several other scrubbed Epstein related articles publicly available in October, 2019. The full article can also be accessed here. And she has a hyperlink uh, for that. Key statements made in the article make it clear why it was removed from the internet, apparently in the wake of Epstein's first arrest in Florida. Rosser introduces Epstein as, quote, an immensely powerful New York property developer and financier, a nod to Epstein's past in the New York real estate market. Later in the article, he notes that Epstein, quote, once claimed to have worked for the CIA, although he now denies it. Bazinga. Whoa, I said that's that interesting. I said that early on I said either this cat works for the CIA deep state mm -hmm. or he works for Israeli Mossad mm -hmm. I am not uh, I'm a, I'm actually a big time Zionist a big believer in the mm -hmm. state of Israel and everything like that I understand some of the things that Israel has to do and the lengths that they go to because you know they're surrounded by 56 murderous Arab nations <laughs> um, Islamist nations so I, I get it and I understand it the world of intelligence is dark and murky and it can lead up some very you know bad places kind of wrote about that in, in galaxy's edge with x there sometimes there aren't easy answers and sometimes you have a lot of monsters in no way shape or form am i justifying what happens but if you think that the intelligence ag agencies ours or especially israel's are choir boys they're not um uh, uh no defense for israel because that's not my place to make it but personally I don't think that we need to, in the United States, be, should be making, the, the, developing this kind of intelligence in this fashion. If you have to do this and go to these places, then something is wrong with you. And, and so we'll just go from there. But that's my point. Mm -hmm. One of several likely reasons why the article was removed from the internet well before Epstein's second arrest in 2019. Much of the article notes the closeness of Epstein and Maxwell to Prince Andrew and suggests that both wielded considerable influence over the prince, largely due to Maxwell's role as his social fixer. It states that Maxwell was manipulating the prince and that the whole Andrew thing is probably being done for Epstein. The, that was a quote. One line stands out, however, as the first major clue toward demystifying the true origin of the Gates-Epstein relationship. Soon after Rosser introduces Epstein in the article, he states that Epstein, quote, has made many millions out of his business links with the likes of Bill Gates, Donald Trump, and Ohio billionaire Leslie Wexner, whom, whose trust he runs. 
Both Wexner's and Trump's relationships with Epstein prior to 2001 are well known and date back to 1985 and 1987, respectively. Mainstream media, however, continue to report that Gates and Epstein first met in 2011 and have declined to follow the leads laid out by Nigel Rosser. I am personally aware of this withholding of information to a degree as a BBC reporter contacted me in 2019 for details about this 2001 Evening Standard article, which I provided. To date, the BBC has never reported on the contents of that article. Notably, the BBC has received millions in funding for years from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Not only was Rosser's article never retracted, but neither Gates, Trump, nor Wexner disputed the claims made in the article at the time, which was well before Epstein became notorious. In addition, given that Gates is named alongside two known close Epstein associates at the time, Donald Trump and Leslie Wexner, it further suggests that Gates's ties to Epstein prior to 2001 were considerable enough to warrant his mention alongside these two other men. In addition to the Evening Standard article, there is evidence from Maria Farmer, an Epstein victim who was employed by Epstein and Maxwell from 1995 to 96, that she recalled hearing Epstein mention Bill Gates in such a way as to imply they were close friends, and which gave her the impression that the Microsoft co-founder might soon be visiting one of Epstein's residences. Next heading, Microsoft McKinley and Isabel Maxwell. Beyond these two key pieces of evidence, there is also the fact that prior to the Evening Standard article, Gates already had a documented connection to a business run by Ghislaine Maxwell's sisters in which Ghislaine had a financial stake, which may offer a clue as to the nature of the, quote, business links alluded to by Nigel Rosser. Furthermore, the odd nature of Gates's relationship with Isabel Maxwell, who has ties to the Promise software espionage scandal and to Israeli intelligence, is documented in a 2000 article from The Guardian. Twin sisters, Christine and Isabel Maxwell, along with their husbands at the time, created the McKinley Group in January 1992. Christine and Isabel had both previously worked for the front company Information on Demand, used by their father, Robert Maxwell, to sell the backdoored Promise software to the U.S. government. Okay, so let's pause right there. Um, remember, we go back to the story that we've been sold. Ghislaine is some kind of freak. She's under Epstein's sway. sway uh, Epstein is basically a cult leader. No one knew him. No one had anything to do with him. All those things are warning bells um, because that isn't the truth. Everybody knows something. Money doesn't come from nowhere. People were involved. And so now as we peel back the onion, we're starting to find out that Ghislaine's sisters were involved in intelligence work, private intelligence work, and this Promise system, which is, we've talked about it. Someone did a, I think Sparky did a deep dive in the comments about the Promise system and how it can really get up all in your junk. So mm -hmm. here you have these people doing intelligence data, brokering, and spying, and it's going to get a little more nefarious, a lot more nefarious as we go on. After Robert Maxwell's death, Christine and Isabel, quote, wanted to circle the wagons and rebuild and saw McKinley as a, quote, chance to recreate a bit of their father's legacy. The McKinley group, however, was not just a venture of Isabel, Christine, and their husbands, as Gillian Maxwell also had a substantial interest in the company, according to a Sunday Times article published in November 2000. That same article also noted that Gillian, throughout the 1990s, had, quote, been discreetly building up a business empire as opaque as her father's, and that, quote, she is secretive 
to the point of paranoia and her business affairs are deeply mysterious. She chose to describe herself as an internet operator during this period, even though her office in Manhattan refuses to confirm even the name or the nature of her business. Another article appearing in the Scotsman from 2001 separately notes that Ghislaine is extremely secretive about her affairs and describes herself as an internet operator. It is unclear how involved Ghislaine actually was in the McKinley Group's affairs. However, during this period, she was operating an intelligence-linked sexual blackmail operation with Jeffrey Epstein, and there was considerable overlap of their finances, as noted in press reports from the time and afterward. McKinley created what became known as the Magellan Internet Directory, remembered as, quote, the first site to publish lengthy reviews and ratings of websites. Magellan's value-added content approach attracted several large corporations, resulting in major alliances with AT&T, Time Warner, IBM, Netcom, and the Microsoft Network MSN that were all negotiated by Isabel Maxwell. Microsoft's major alliance with McKinley came in late 1995 when Microsoft announced that Magellan would power the search option for the company's MSN service. McKinley's fortunes fell as its efforts to become the first search engine to go public failed, igniting a standoff between Christine Maxwell and Isabel's then-husband that also resulted in the company essentially falling behind other market leaders. As a result, McKinley missed the window for a second IPO attempt and continued to lag behind in adding ad revenue to their business model. Excite, which was later acquired by Ask Jeeves, ultimately bought the McKinley Group and Magellan for 1.2 million shares of Excite in 1996, which was then valued at $18 million. It was said that it was Isabel Maxwell who made the deal possible with Excite's CEO at the time, George Bell, claiming she alone savaged their per salvaged their purchase of McKinley. Despite McKinley's lackluster end, the Maxwell twins and other stakeholders in the company, Ghislaine Maxwell among them, not only obtained a multi-million dollar payout from the deal, but also forged close connections with Silicon Valley high rollers. It is unclear if the money Ghislaine received from the sale was used to further the sexual blackmail operation she was then conducting alongside Jeffrey Epstein. Maxwell ties to U.S. and Israel intelligence grow. After the sale of McKinley Magellan, the overt ties of Christine and Isabel Maxwell to intelligence in both the U.S. and Israel grew considerably. Isabel's ties to Microsoft also persisted following the sale of the McKinley Group. She became president of the Israeli tech company, ComTouch, whose funding was linked to individuals and groups involved in the Jonathan Pollard nuclear spying affair. ComTouch, a quote, obscure software developer, founded in 1991 by former Israeli military officers, focused on selling, maintaining, and servicing standalone email client software products for mainframe and personal computers. The company specifically courted Isabel because she was the doctor of his the daughter of Israeli, quote, super spy, Robert Maxwell. Isabel had similar reasons for joining the company, telling Haaretz that leading the company gave her a chance to continue her father's involvement in Israel. Of all the alliances and partnerships Isabel negotiated during her early years at ComTouch, it was her dealings with Microsoft co-founders Bill Gates and Paul Allen that put ComTouch on the map. Microsoft's co-founders did much more than put ComTouch on the map, however, as they essentially intervened to prevent the collapse of its initial public offering, a fate that had befallen Isabel Maxwell's previously com previous company, the McKinley Group, not long before. Indeed, ComTouch kept pushing back its IPO until a massive investment from firms tied to Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen was announced in July 1999. 
The investments from Allen's Vulcan and GoToNet resulted in a jump in, quote, interest in the stock sale and in ComTouch until now an obscure software developer, according to a Bloomberg report, and also inflated their stock price immediately prior to their going public. The money from the Allen-linked companies was specifically used to expand sales and marketing and build its presence in international markets. So now we have both dudes from Microsoft, Paul Allen and Bill Gates, long-term involved with Ghislaine Maxwell, who seems to be some sort of prime motivator manager. Um, I don't know that she was working for Epstein so much as Epstein was working for her. Um, I think, you know, in, in intelligence, they call that running your Joes. And I have a feeling that Epstein was her Joe and she was running him. Um, but let's, let's progress. Mm -hmm. Allen's decision to invest in ComTouch seems odd from a financial perspective, given that the company had never turned a profit and had over $4 million in losses just the year before. Yet, thanks to Allen's timely investment and his apparent coordination with the company's repeated delays of its IPO, ComTouch was valued at over $230 million when it went public, as opposed to $150 million valuation just weeks before Allen's investment. It is not exactly clear why Paul Allen came to the rescue of ComTouch's IPO and what he expected to gain from his investment. It is worth pointing out, however, that Allen later became among the members of an elite online community set up in 2004 called A Small World, whose membership also included Jeffrey Epstein and Epstein-linked figures such as Lynn Forrester de Rothschild and Naomi Campbell, as well as Petrina Khashoggi the daughter of Adnan Khashoggi, a former client of Epstein's, as Small World's largest shareholder was Harvey Weinstein, the now disgraced media mogul who was a business partner of Epstein and who has since been convicted of rape and sexual abuse. So let's let's figure out who we've got involved here. You've got a Rothschild. Mm -hmm. So that tells you a lot right there. You have a supermodel. You have Naomi a supermodel Campbell. who is a Victoria's Secret supermodel. That was always a dangle that Epstein used. I can get you something at, at, at Victoria's Secret. So you call that the procurement arm. You call the Rothschilds the access arm to the royalty. You have Weinstein involved. So that's all kinds of sludge right there. And I, that Khashoggi name is familiar to me. And then Khashoggi, I, I now, well, now you're getting in the commercial aspects of, of, um, uh, Saudi Arabia. Mm. That's kind of what he represented. So okay. you have some not necessarily great players here. Yeah. Um, and remember, I'm going to keep beating this drum. Like I'm going to keep beating the Tiffany Dover drum. Where is she? Mm -hmm. I don't see her. Hasn't made a video. Um, also, you know what you don't see too, either just taking a break from the narrative for a moment. You don't see a lot of people online posting anymore about that second shot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's been throttled. You're not <laughs> yeah. allowed to talk about that anymore. Thanks. So, Project Veritas, you know, or you know what? The second shot just got all better. Everything is okay. Yeah. So no one gets the shakes or their teeth are chattering or they feel like warmed over death. None of that happens anymore. But, um, what, what you're getting here with these people is, is you're getting a sublime, uh, confluence of, uh, of a, of a network. But what we were told, going back to the the, the thing, which is the drum gonna um, the drum I'm going to beat, is the the documentary that was rushed out. I think it was on Netflix to tell us that Epstein was a lone predator with a small cult surrounding him. That there was no 
There was no grand conspiracy. He was abhorred and shunned by every legitimate person. And no one knew who he was. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Katie Couric and Bill Gates and Matt Lauer. None of these people were at his mansion after he'd been arrested. Mm-hmm. There, You know what? There is no Pizzagate. There is no grand conspiracy. There is no adrenochrome. False, 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 false. Everything is false. All of it is a conspiracy theory. You are a rube for believing in conspiracy theories. And yet, what do we have here? We have Ghislaine Maxwell connected to a lot of very high-powered globalist power elite sources in special elite communities planning your future. And now we're going to kind of get into the planning your future aspect Please do continue. Your reading skills are excellent, single white Medusa. Oh, you could be you. an audiobook narrator. <laughs> Around the same time, Paul Allen was photographed with Epstein associate Nicole Junkerman, herself an intelligent. I'd change asset. that name. I would too. But there's a picture, and she is a very beautiful blonde. Um, I'd still and she's change. She's next it. to him, I'd and still change. They it. are not like a matched couple. No, no, no. <laughs> that's that's tell. that's. I love you, money. <laughs> You're so beautiful, money. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I mean, I don't know if she's a couple with him in that picture. Do you get that sense? I think that. Oh, okay. I think that's her job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next, Hetty. Comtech strikes a deal with Microsoft. Less than three months after Allen's investments in Comtech in October 1999, the company announced that it had struck a major deal with Microsoft, whereby Microsoft will utilize the Comtech custom mail trademark service to provide private label web-based email solutions for select MSN partners and international markets. In addition, per the agreement, Comtouch will provide MSN Messenger service and Microsoft Passport to its customers while building upon its Windows NT expertise by supporting future MSN messaging technologies. We are looking forward to further enhancing our relationship with Microsoft by integrating other state-of-the-art Microsoft products, Gideon Mantle of Comtouch said at the time of the deal's public announcement. In December 99, Microsoft announced that it had invested $20 million in Comtouch by purchasing 4.7% well, no, wait, of its isn't, shares. Isn't micro, in December 99? Mm-hmm. And that's Microsoft. Now, who owns Microsoft at that time? <laughs> Microsoft, Microsoft, Microsoft. Hmm. Hmm. But I was told that they had had lunch, Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein, and and they'd never met each other till 2011. Till 2011, right? and then <laughs> and then Melinda, who was good, just a good wife, she was like, Bill, I don't know. He seems dangerous seems and creepy. dark. And I just go back to your little computer games, nerd boy. No, <laughs> it's all bull. Beep. <laughs> the announcement push, ComTouch stock. Prices from 11.63 a share to 49.13 in just a few hours' time. Part of that deal had been finalized by Richard Sorkin, a recently appointed Comtouch director. Sorkin had just become a multimillionaire following the sale of Zip2, Elon Musk's first company. What? Elon Musk? Sorkin had been the CEO. Elon Musk is somehow connected. Boy, if we were to do that Paul Revere data thing, I wonder who we would find as our Paul Revere. I wonder who our George Washington would be in this new world order. Do you have a guess? I don't know, but I don't understand how to do data science or anything (laughs) like that. But it surprises me that people aren't doing this because Mm -hmm. it seems like, according to the Paul Revere thing, that you could accurately predict what's going on. Yeah. It further appears that Bill Gates, then head of Microsoft, made a personal investment in ComTouch at the behest of Isabel Maxwell in an October 2000 article published in The Guardian. Wait, wait. Bill Gates 
made a in personal 2000- request in 2000 for Isabel Maxwell, who is Ghislaine Maxwell's sister. sister, who Jeffrey Epstein, they've known each other, they're in business, they're running the, the all the day, they're already involved in their, their scheme already. Mm-hmm. So these people are all fringe knowing each other, and you're going to find out in a few seconds, he was getting it on, Jeffrey Epstein, with Isabel too. Wow. And yet here's Bill Gates just making a relationship. Oh yeah, you didn't know each other, you pack of liars. <laughs> In an October 2000 article published in The Guardian, Isabel, quote, jokes about persuading Bill Gates to make a personal investment in ComTouch sometime during this period. The Guardian article then oddly notes regarding Isabel Maxwell and Bill Gates, quote, in a faux Southern Bell accent, Bill. Isabel purrs. Why don't you read this quote part in your Southern Bell accent? Uh... He's got to spend that $375 million to keep his tax-free status. Per year. Per year. Uh, why not allow me to help him? And then she explodes, cackles, Kamala-esque with laughter. Um, beep, beep, beep. Let's back up. $375 million a year in tax-free status. Oh, wait. I mean, okay, so what year is this? This is 2000. I was told ever since then... That the rich need to pay their fair share. Mm-hmm. And and now we're finding out that apparently they don't. Apparently they don't have to pay taxes like you. Mm-hmm. It's not just, it's not even the, oh, well, they have accountants. And they're super good with the loopholes. And that's how they do it. No, apparently there's a tax-free status where you don't even have to pay taxes. Well, actually, this next part goes into that. And they do have a loophole, which is to use their foundation, I think. So let me read this part. Given that individuals as wealthy as Gates cannot have, quote, tax-free status, and that this article was published soon after the creation of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Isabel's statements suggest that it was the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Trust, which manages the foundation's endowment assets that made this sizable investment in ComTech. So that's interesting. They found their loophole. Furthermore, it is worth highlighting the odd way. In There's which... another thing. Maybe I'm getting this wrong. Isabel was hooking up with Bill Gates. You learned that in the article later too. Mm. And and Epstein. Well, let's I think see. It's, it's saying it's Epstein. one or the other, but I think also she was with both. Well, I think what I gather is she at least had some sort of pull on Bill Gates in that crush. Like maybe he had a crush on her. I think it's saying you'll find out later. It does, but it did say that he was that Epstein was with her too. I believe so. And then I think it'll say that she was also with Gates. So of course these two never met before 2011. Yeah. But they were sharing the same woman, who was an (laughs) intelligence operative. Exactly. Okay. Furthermore, it is worth highlighting the odd way in which Isabel describes her dealings with Gates. Purring, speaking in a fake Southern accent, describing her I interactions. I did declare, Bill. <laughs> describing her interactions with him in a way not found in. He it. just likes to have cornbread and hush puppies and three hundred seventy-five million dollars. <laughs> describing her interactions with him in a way not found in any of her numerous other interviews on a wide variety of topics. This odd behavior may be related to Isabel's previous interactions with Gates and or the mysterious relationship between Gates and Epstein during this time. Mysterious relationship between Gates and Epstein. Interesting, mm-hmm. but I was told... That they never that met. That they never met until 2011. ComTouch's clout expanded rapidly. After 2000, ComTouch's business and clout expanded rapidly with Isabel Maxwell subsequently crediting investments from Microsoft led by Gates and Paul Allen for the company's good fortune and the success of its effort to enter the U.S. market. 
Maxwell, as quoted in the 2002 book Fast Alliances, states that Microsoft viewed ComTouch as a key distribution network, adding that Microsoft's investments in us put us on the map. It gave us instant credibility, validated our technology and service in the marketplace. By this time, Microsoft's ties to ComTouch had deepened with new partnerships, including ComTouch's hosting of Microsoft Exchange. Though Isabel Maxwell was able to secure lucrative investments and alliances for ComTouch and saw its products integrated into key software and hardware components produced and sold by Microsoft and other tech giants, she was unable to improve the company's dire financial situation with ComTouch netting a loss of $4.4 million in 1998 and similar losses well into the 2000s with net losses totaling $24 million in 2000, mm. just one year after the sizable investments from mm. Microsoft, Paul Allen, and Gates. I'm always surprised at how, and you can tell which side she's on because there's only one side that ever fails upward constantly. Exactly. Every, every, oh, sorry, I lost 20, you know, if I lost $24 million, oh if I gosh, lost $24,000, no, you know, on, on the actual conservative right side, you know, common people where we have to bid a job and then we have to do it and then we have to make it in. We don't get to like, oh, sorry, I failed. Well, how about more? How about a big old bailout? No, because, <laughs> because the failure is part of the success. Mm -hmm. Someone got screwed somewhere, but it wasn't them. Mm -hmm. And they always fail upwards. Eric Garcetti gets to be the ambassador to India because he's done so good with the homeless apocalypse that is currently undergoing, ongoing Los Angeles. Everybody on the left fails upward. Yeah. And maybe I would just say, like, if we're not going to fight for this country, if we're not going to get things right again, consider teaching your kids to be left and then just telling them, like, the secret, fail upwards. <laughs> The losses continued even after Isabel formally left the company and became president emeritus in 2001. By 2006, the company was over $170 million in debt. Isabel Maxwell left her position at ComTouch in 2001, but for years retained a sizable amount of ComTouch stock valued at the time at around $9.5 million. Today, Isabel Maxwell is, among other things, a, quote, technology pioneer of the World Economic Forum. See, now we're going to get into that. We're going to hear a lot about the World Economic Forum. Now, that World Economic Forum thing isn't a conspiracy theory. And that is where it tells you that they want you to eat the bugs. They want you to live in the pod. You're not going to own anything. And the world is undergoing a great reset engineered by them. That is an actual organization. They are all involved in it. It is not a Q conspiracy thing whatever. In fact, sometimes it makes me wonder if QAnon isn't just a PSYOP. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it is amazing the audacity and the shenanigans. And the World Health Organization goes World right Health, Yeah, that, that's right? garbage like, too. Yeah. Oh, like the World Health Organization is going to in investigate China. Mm -hmm. That's like getting Lucky Luciano to investigate Al Capone. <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's a, I'd like to get that gig. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey, how about for a cut, I investigate you and find you innocent? Well, that sounds good to me. <laughs> okay, next section. Epstein, Edge, and Nathan Mirvold. Another indication of a relationship between Epstein and Gates prior to 2001 is Epstein's cozy ties with Nathan Mirvold, who joined Microsoft in the 1980s and became the company's first chief technology officer in 1996. You know what I can tell you about Nathan Mirvold is that Everybody who knows him in his life says his name, the entire name, Nathan Mirvold. Oh, that's Nathan Mirvold. Nathan, no one calls this cat Nate. He, he's always Nathan Mirvold. 
just want you to know that I can, as a writer, I can tell you exactly how that happens because I understand I'm a master of observing people and what they do. And when you have a name like that, everybody says your full name all the time. <laughs> okay. Nathan Mirvold. Well, Nathan Mirvold, I can get that latte for you. At the time, Nathan Mirvold. See? <laughs> was one of Gates's it's closest. Not Na it's not Nathan. It's Nathan Mirvold. Was one of Gates. I was out the other night with Nathan Mirvold. <laughs> not Nathan. Nate. At the time, Mirvold was one of Gates' closest advisors, if not the closest, and co-wrote Gates' 1996 book, The Road Ahead. Well, that tells you he's a sicko. Yeah, which sought to explain how emerging technologies would impact the life in years, would impact life in the years and decades How you two would come to love to eat the bugs and live in the pod. Exactly. In December of the same year that he became Microsoft's CTO, Mirvold traveled on Epstein's plane from Kentucky to New Jersey, and then again in January 97 from New Jersey, presumably Ghislaine Maxwell. It is worth keeping in mind that this is the same period when Gates had a documented relationship with Ghislaine's sister, Isabel. So, I mean, that's probably what you were referring to. But is that a documented just professional relationship, friendship relationship, or does that definitely mean romantic i'm 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 thinking it's a it, it's a it's a obviously um her and her sister are some sort of like her and her sisters are some sort of high class sex workers and apparently bill gates couldn't score in a refugee camp with a fistful of Toblerones. So <laughs> did you like that? I've been working That's on so that. Random. I've been working on that one. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and apparently if you've got some intelligence work that you want to do and turn the United States into the nightmare from Terminator, then, um, then you can sleep with Bill Gates, but that's the only way that dude's getting laid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In addition, in the 1990s, Mirvold traveled with Epstein in Russia alongside Esther Dyson, a digital technology consultant who has been called, quote, the most influential woman in all the computer world. She currently has close ties to Google as well as the DNA testing company 23andMe and is a member of an agenda contributor what? to the World Economic what? Forum. See, now everybody was all like, everybody fell for 23andMe. And what did I say? You said, don't do I it. I said, They're don't do it. They're going to use your DNA. You. <laughs> like at the, see, I envisioned something much more nefarious, which I think will come. They will then use your DNA because they can synthesize DNA now and they'll put it at crime scenes when they want to get rid of you or, oh, wow. okay. So that's coming. But yeah, what they're really using it for is these bioweapons and vaccines and blah, blah, blah. China was really interested. I told everybody, don't do that DNA thing. They all did it. And they found out like, I'm 1% Chinese, you know, whatever. <laughs> and if you talk to people, like I have a guy that I know and he knows some, some biologists who work in that field. And he thinks that they actually just make it up. They don't care. They don't even do the testing. And then sometimes they just screw with people, especially white people, so that they don't think that they're special in any way, shape or form. So that they sort of like, quote unquote, you know, watered down. So they show them like, ah, see, actually, you're really an oppressed person. There is no white. So the whole 23 and me thing is a scam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Dyson later stated that the meeting with Epstein had been planned by Mirvold. The meeting appears to have taken place in 1998 based on information post on, posted on Dyson's social media accounts. One photo features Dyson and Epstein with a timestamp indicating April 28, 1998, posing with Pavel 
Olyanikov, who appears to have been an employee of the Russian Federal Nuclear Center. In that photo, they are standing in front of the house of the late Andrei Sakharov, the Soviet nuclear scientist and dissident who is alleged to have had ties to U.S. intelligence. Sakharov and his wife, Yelena Bonner, were supporters of Zionist causes. The photos were taken in Sarov, where the Russian Federal Nuclear Center is based. That same day, another photo was taken that shows Epstein inside a classroom full of teens, apparently also in Sarov, given the timestamp. Another Dyson image, one without a visible timestamp, but with a caption stating the photo was taken at Microsoft Russia in Moscow in April 1998, shows Nathan Mirbold. Dyson's caption further states, this was the beginning of a three-week trip during which Nathan and a variety of hangers-on, including a bodyguard, explored the state of post-Soviet science. So here we have Ep Epstein. I just have like one little sentence left. Epstein appears to be one of the hangers exactly. on, That's given the say. photographs, dates, and the description. So here we, have, we, here we have a Microsoft field trip into Russia. And, oh, wasn't Russia, aren't, isn't Russia the most evil group of people in the world right now? And, mm -hmm. you know, they were working with Orange Man Bad, and they're the source of all evil, and blah, blah, blah. But here's Microsoft running around in Russia. And here's Jeffrey Epstein. Right there with him. But mm -hmm. remember, and, and these are these this this field trip is headed by Bill Gates's bestie who wrote his biography. But mm -hmm. don't you worry, Epstein and 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 Gates never met. <laughs> never <laughs> met, even though all laws of bacon, six degrees of separation, are completely being you have to ignore all of these things mm -hmm. to believe the lie that came out of Bill Gates's mouth. Exactly. The guy that co-wrote his book with him is yeah. the one that's there. You yeah. know, like, you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. This, like, Kevin Bacon is, he's doing Footloose. Exactly. This doesn't even make sense. <laughs> so we're only about halfway done. Would we like to do part two tomorrow? Because we don't yeah. want to, like, this is going to be, like, Yeah, this is it. Like, and maybe you can all tell us, like, boring, <laughs> you know, have Nicole sing or tell us about whiskey cocktails. And we'll do all that, you know, but uh, I think we're doing a deep dive and I hope you guys enjoy this. So we will ba be back tomorrow with the second half of this article to kind of uh, go in and show you what a big pack of lies it's been. And I think the things that you'll find out tomorrow, um, you'll see where it's really going. And it's, it's pretty dark and scary. And like I said at the very beginning of this, all the pieces are coming together now. Mm -hmm. and, and this is, should be something that you're going to be concerned about. Yeah. Yeah, I think I really do think the second half of the article gets even more interesting. But, you know, a lot of it is like set up. So, yeah. All right. Thank you guys for hanging with us and indulging us. Let us know what you think in the comments. And if you're just listening for the first time, please subscribe, uh, support the show. And you're going to get some extra goodies, uh, free stories, uh, chapters in these novels, some insider conversations, deep dives with Nicole and I behind the scenes, behind the paywall. Single white Medusa, that is. Have a great Tuesday afternoon. That is is the podcast.